All right, let's open in prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this day, thank you for this morning, uh, to come together, to worship you, to receive your grace, to think about all that you have for us in 2024, and to, to prepare our hearts and to, uh, and to seek you. We pray that you would bless the sermon, and that you would uh, give us wisdom for the new year, and that it would just be a blessed year of growing closer to you. And we thank you for your grace, and amen. Uh, so today's sermon is titled, Four Priorities for 2024, since today happens to be New Year's Eve. Or tonight is New Year's Eve. So as we think, we're, everybody's thinking about what they want to accomplish in 2024, because it's New Year's Eve, and that's just what we all do each year. Um, and as we do that, I want to suggest and emphasize four things that I think should be important to us as a church in 2024. Now, most of these priorities have to do with your relationship with God, but you should also have other goals for various areas of your stewardship, such as goals for health, goals for your vocation, goals for your finances, goals for your marriage, goals for parenting. Um, these are just, I, I, I'm mostly going to be talking about ones that have to do with your relationship with God, but you should have goals in other areas as well. I also want to say that these are just my recommendations of priorities you should have for 2024, but I think that each of these four areas are areas we need to do better in as a church this year. So these are things we should be keeping in mind when thinking about what our goals are for 2024. And the four, four things that I want to talk about today are walking in the gifts of the Spirit, outreach and evangelism, hearing from God, and praying and fasting. So let's talk about walking in the gifts of the Spirit. So for each one of these four areas, I'm, we're just going to have two sections. Why it's important and what you can do about it. So why, is it, why should it be a priority that we walk in the gifts of the Spirit in 2024? Well, I've got a few reasons for that. Number one, God wants all Christians and all churches to regularly experience the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. God doesn't, so this is a command. This is a command. He says very plainly, earnestly desire spiritual gifts, which means God wants Christians to desire the gifts of the Spirit. And God doesn't want Christians to desire anything that he doesn't also want them to have or to pursue. If God wants you to want it, you should pursue it, and you should hope to have it. Let's also look at uh, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 5. Now, I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets, so that the church will be built up. So Paul, speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said, I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. That's an indicator that God wants all Christians to walk in the gifts of the Spirit. Let's also look at uh, John 14, verse 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these he will do, because I'm going to the Father. And lastly, let's look at 1 Peter 4, verse 10. 
As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Again, we see that God wants us to use the gifts of the Spirit to serve and build up and encourage and edify each other. This is something God wants for every Christian. It's something God wants for every church. Another reason it's important that we walk in the gifts of the Spirit is because the gifts of the Spirit make a huge practical difference. Uh, Words of wisdom, words of knowledge, discernment of spirits. We need God's wisdom. We need those things. Having God's wisdom for everyday areas of your individual life is very helpful. And we all need it. We need healing. Healing is a big practical need, and we could use it. You know, we could, discernment of spirits and deliverance from demons, that's a big practical need. And having uh, encouragement and comforting and hearing from God more, that's very useful. That's life-changing, the difference between not having that versus regularly having it. Another reason it's important we walk in the gifts of the Spirit is because the church is supposed to have miracles as part of her witness. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 2, verses 1 through 5. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Let's also look at Acts 14, verse 3. So they remained for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord, who bore witness to the word of grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. Mm -hmm. This isn't just something for the first century. God wants the church's witness to be accompanied with signs and wonders in general. The last thing I want to say about why this should be a priority to us in 2024 is that the gifts of the Spirit have to be pursued. We're not going to just start walking in the gifts of the Spirit uh, just waiting around and not pursuing them. We saw earlier in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1 that Paul told uh, the Corinthians to desire the gifts of the Spirit, but anything God wants you to desire, he also wants you to pursue. Paul implies that whether or not you desire the gifts of the Spirit has some bearing on whether or not you experience them. Let's also look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 13. Therefore, the one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret. That very clearly implies that whether or not we're praying for the gifts of the Spirit is going to experience whether or not we, uh, is going to determine whether or not we experience the gifts of the Spirit. If not, Paul wouldn't say that the one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret. If whether or not you pray for it isn't going to make a difference, why pray for it? Paul is clearly saying that whether or not you pray for the gifts of the Spirit is going to make a difference. Mm-hmm. 
the gifts of the Spirit have to be pursued. I want to mention, so earlier, uh, there was a women's worship and prayer meeting. I wasn't there, but, uh, <laughs> but my wife told me about it. She was there. And it's one of the most powerful worship and prayer meetings we've had recently. Uh, prayer and worship went on for hours, and I think all the women who were there prophesied and were prophesied over. And that's a lot better than most of our worship and prayer meetings. But with that meeting, there was an expectation before the meeting started that people were going to uh, step out in the gifts of the Spirit. People were mentally prepared to do something, to actually try to use the gifts of the Spirit. And that makes a difference. You know, for, for years we haven't really had much of the gifts of the Spirit, but we also haven't been pursuing them nearly as intentionally as we should. And there's a correlation there. The gifts of the Spirit have to be pursued. So what can we do about it? What can we do about that? Uh, there's a few things I'd recommend, uh, but I'm going to be I'm going to be preaching on this more in 2024. Um, at least somewhat. But there's a few things I would suggest. The first thing is getting to know the voice of the Holy Spirit more. So a lot of the gifts of the Spirit involve being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Uh, the better a person is at hearing the Holy Spirit, the more equipped they'll be to walk in the gifts of the Spirit. If, if you're not used to hearing the voice of the Spirit, it'll be hard to use the gift of prophecy. If you're not used to hearing from the Spirit, it'll be kind of hard to use discernment of spirits. Most of the gifts involve hearing from God to some degree or being sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. But we're going to talk about that a bit more later in this sermon. But one thing you can do practically if you want to walk more in the gifts of the Spirit is try to get to know God's voice better. And we'll talk about how you can do that in just a bit. The next thing we can do practically to be pursuing the gifts of the Spirit is to try to use the gifts of the Spirit in specific situations. There's two ways we do that. Number one is with prayer, and number two is stepping out and actually trying. And I'm going to give a few examples for those. Uh, so praying for the gifts of the Spirit. If you're in a... Um, you know, if you want to prophesy to a specific person, if you think a, a person could use a word from God for their situation, then you should pray that God would give you a word to speak to them. That's something you can do, and praying for the gifts of the Spirit or praying for a specific gift in a specific moment makes a difference, just like Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 13. If you want to pray uh, for healing with faith and see someone get miraculously healed, but if you're not sure that that particular healing is God's will, ask God to speak to you and let you know if it's his will and ask him to give you the faith that they'd be healed. We should be praying in specific situations for specific manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And whether or not we start regularly praying for them is going to affect whether or not we start regularly experiencing them. I would also add, you know, stepping out and actually trying to use the gifts. So, for an example, if, if you asked God to give you a word of prophecy for someone and something comes to mind that you think might be from God but you're not sure, you'll have to be willing to step out and actually do something about it. You'll probably have to share it with that person. 
But if you're not willing to step out and try, you're not going to get anywhere with it. You're not going to actually experience the gifts of the Spirit. Almost all of them involve doing something. And, you know, if you're praying, uh, for another example, if you're praying about someone, God healing someone and you think he's willing to heal them, then you should be willing to step out in faith and lay hands on them. But for all of the gifts of the Spirit, they require us to do something. That's why Peter said uh, to use the gift you have to serve others. If it didn't require doing something, Peter wouldn't have said that. Because you wouldn't have to do anything. All the gifts require doing something. So we need to be praying for them in specific situations, and we should be trying to use them. We should be stepping out in faith. The last thing I would suggest, if you want to be walking more in the gifts of the Spirit, is be ready and be willing to take reasonable risk. Let me explain what I mean by that. So if you want to learn uh, to walk in the gifts of the Spirit, you will have to be willing to take reasonable risk. If you're trying to learn to walk in the gift of prophecy, you might think that God gave you a word for someone, but you might not be sure it's from him. And unless it's something that would be really terrible to tell someone if it's wrong, then you should probably share it with that person. But if it would be something that it'd be really terrible to be wrong about, maybe pray about it a bit more. Be willing to take reasonable risk. Don't jump off the deep end, but be willing to take reasonable risk. You could also preface it with, I think God may have told me this. You know, if you're trying to learn to walk in gifts of healings, uh, you'll want to start regularly praying for people to get healed. Not just silently praying by yourself, but actually laying hands on people and praying with faith and commanding their illnesses to leave. But that can feel like a bit of a risk, because what happens if you pray with them and they don't get healed? You know, you might be worried that they'd get discouraged or you'd feel embarrassed. You know, that can feel like a risk. But you're going to have to be willing to take reasonable risks. A lot of people who learn to walk in gifts of healings have had a number of people who they've prayed for for healing or prayed with who didn't get healed. But if you never pray with anyone for healing, you're not going to see anyone get healed. Period. So you have to be willing to take reasonable risk if you're going to learn to walk in the gifts of the Spirit. So that's the first thing I would say should be a priority for us in 2024. Uh, The second one I want to talk about is outreach and evangelism. So why is that important? Well, first off, God wants all churches and all Christians to have outreach and evangelism. Let's look at Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So this command applies to all Christians because Jesus told this to the twelve, but they are to teach uh, 
you know, those who they lead to Christ to obey all of his commands. And this is one of the commands. So this is a recursive command. It applies to everyone. It applies to all Christians. It applies to all churches. We are responsible for carrying out the Great Commission. I would also say this needs to be a priority for us in 2024 because we've kind of gotten away from it and we need to be doing better at it. We, we currently probably aren't doing that well with outreach and evangelism. And that's why it needs to be a priority for us in 2024. We're never going to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish as a church if we're not reaching out and evangelizing. That's part of his will for us. If we neglect it, that's a big problem. So this needs to be a, a big priority for us in 2024. So what can we do about that? Uh, well, there's a few things. First off, think about how you could evangelize or reach out to friends, family, and coworkers. Taking the time to think about it, even if it's just 10 or 15 minutes, can really make a difference. Because, you know, talking to people about the gospel can feel awkward, and if you're not mentally prepared for it, it's easy to just eternally procrastinate it. <laughs> think about what you would like to be able to say to them if the opportunity came up. The second thing you can do, ask God to make you aware of opportunities to share the gospel. Opportunities exist, you know, throughout life to share the gospel, but it's easy to miss them and not see them. So ask God to make you aware. Uh, the third thing I would say we should be doing is be praying for friends, family, and coworkers to come to know Christ. There's a few reasons we ought to be praying for those who we know to come to know Christ. The first one is that it's commanded. Let's look at 1 Timothy, verses, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So God wants Christians to be praying for people for salvation. He wants prayers to be made on behalf of all people. Now, you as an individual cannot pray for every person on earth. That would take your entire life, and you don't know every person on earth. But if everyone was praying for the people they knew, everyone could be prayed for. So you should be praying for the people you know to come to know Christ. Another reason it's important that we be praying for those we know to come to know Christ, I really think that God is more likely to give you an evangelism opportunity with someone if you're regularly praying for that person's salvation, more so than if you're not praying for that person's salvation. This is a pattern I've seen before. I just think in reality, God is more likely to give you an opportunity to share the gospel of someone if you're regularly praying for them to come to know Christ. The last thing I would suggest for what we can do for outreach and evangelism, um, be willing to volunteer in whatever we're going to do later this year. So we aren't doing RCF at Wright State this semester like we've done in the past, but we are going to be doing some sort of organized outreach this year. 
the elders are going to be meeting that sometime in January to discuss why, what that might not what that might be, but we're going to have something. So be ready, be willing. We are going to make this more of a priority. But also be thinking about what you can be doing as an individual. What you can be doing for outreach and evangelism. So outreach and evangelism is the second thing I think we should have as a priority in 2024. The third priority I think that would be good for us as a church to have in 2024 is hearing from God or getting to know the voice of the Holy Spirit better. So what do I mean by hearing from God? Uh, when I say hearing from God, I'm not necessarily talking about God speaking audibly because he typically doesn't speak audibly to people. Though sometimes he does, but not very often. But God has a number of ways he communicates with us. Sometimes he speaks directly to a person's spirit uh, through the Holy Spirit. Sometimes he communicates through dreams. Sometimes he communicates through visions, you know, etc. There's a, a bunch of ways God communicates with people. But we need to learn to recognize them. Because God does have several ways of communicating with individuals. And he does try to communicate with us. But if we're not looking for it, it's very easy to miss it. I would say that a lot of times receiving communication from God is somewhat like a quarterback receiving a football. The quarterback is either intentional. If the quarterback isn't intentional about receiving the football, they don't receive the football. And if you're not intentional about receiving communication from God, you probably will miss it. So this is something we need to be intentional about. So why, why is this important? Why should this be a priority? Well, first off, we need God's wisdom. We need God's wisdom just throughout life. Life is much better and easier with God's wisdom for specific situations than without. We need to thoroughly know God's word, and God's word gives general principles. But we also need the... Uh, direct guidance of the Holy Spirit for specific situations. Jesus thoroughly knew God's word, and that really helped him in his life. But Jesus also heard direct wisdom from the Holy Spirit for lots of situations, and it was very helpful to him. When Jesus was speaking with the Pharisees, and he just clearly outsmarted, with them, outsmarted them, that was because of the wisdom of the Spirit. When Jesus was speaking with people who were trying to kill him, and he knew that they were trying to kill him, that was because of the Holy Spirit. We need God's wisdom. But God is willing to give us wisdom. Let's look at James 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. Do, no, do note, though, we, we are supposed to ask for it. And I would say this verse implies that if we don't ask for it, we probably won't get it. Another reason it's important that we hear from God regularly is hearing from God regularly is part of having an intimate relationship with God. Knowing the voice of the Holy Spirit helps us to have a, a truly intimate relationship with God. It helps us to know how God feels about us and what he thinks in practical situations that we're actually dealing with. 
the better we are at receiving communication from God, the easier it is to grow in intimacy with him. It's hard to have intimacy with someone if you don't hear from them. The last reason why, it's, why it needs to be a priority that we hear God's voice better or more regularly is we need that for walking in the gifts of the Spirit. You know, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of the gifts of the Spirit involve being sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. So if we want to walk in the gifts of the Spirit more, which we do, we also need to want to hear God's voice clearer and more regularly. So I would say learning to hear from God better should be a priority. But what can we do about that? Well, I've got three suggestions. Number one, pray that God would speak to you more and pray that he would help you to recognize it. Pray that he would open your ears uh, to hear his voice. Prayer always makes a difference. Prayer makes a difference in anything. And we just saw in, uh, in James 1 that if you want to hear from God, if you want wisdom from God, you should pray for it. So if you want to hear from God more, pray that you would hear from God more. The second thing you can do is take time to practice. So how do we practice hearing from God? Why should we practice? So hearing from God in your spirit is a skill that you can practice and it needs to be developed. Samuel was a great prophet, but he didn't start off immediately being able to distinguish God's voice. The first time he was hearing God speaking to him, he thought it was Eli. He eventually became very good at hearing and recognizing God's voice. But the first time he heard it, he didn't think it was God. He thought it was just another voice. And that's what happens to most of us, probably, a lot of the times that the Holy Spirit is telling us something. That's just my own thought. You know, that's what we end up thinking. The Holy Spirit speaks to you more than you'd notice, which is why we have to learn to notice, just like Samuel had to learn to notice. But can you practice that? Is there anything you can do? So one thing I'm trying to do in 2024 is spend more time practicing hearing God's voice. And I, I think there is a way you can practice it. What I would encourage you to do if you want to practice hearing from the Holy Spirit is have some set-aside time where you ask God questions in prayer, and you should probably be in a quiet place where you can like really focus and be relaxed and think clearly, but ask God specific questions in prayer and try to notice if a thought or an image or a feeling comes up that might be from God. And you know, you might want to think through it as to why do I think this is from God or isn't from God, but that's a way you can actually practice noticing the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because when we ask God to give us wisdom, he'll give us wisdom. So you can ask God to speak to you and then try to notice him speaking to you. The last thing I would say you can do or that we can do if we want to know God's voice better or hear him more frequently is fasting. Fasting helps us to be more sensitive to the voice of the Spirit and more sensitive to the presence of God. Which brings us to our next point. So hearing from God should be a priority for us. It's something we need to do better in. But another priority I think we should have for 2024 is prayer and fasting. Fasting. 
So why is that important? Why is that worth making a priority out of? Well, first off, there's power in prayer and fasting, and we need that power. Fasting can lead to greater anointing and being more filled with the Holy Spirit, and we need that. Fasting can lead to fasting can increase the effectiveness of our prayers, and we need that. You know, we see throughout the scriptures that whenever there's a big prayer need, people fast. And again, fasting helps us to be more sensitive to God's presence and his voice. I recently read a good explanation for that, for why that is, uh, in a book on healing I was reading by a guy called uh, Praying Medic. The, The quote is this, When we fast... The goal is to decrease the dominion of our bodily desires have over our spirit man. When we fast, our spirit man becomes stronger and more dominant. A stronger spirit is more aware of God's presence. So when we fast, we become more sensitive to God's presence and more sensitive to his voice. And that's pretty important. So fasting should be a Prayer and fasting should be a priority for us as a church in 2024. All right, but what can we do about that to actually make it a priority and to do well in it? Well, first off, I would say have a daily time of prayer. Every Christian should have daily set-aside time for prayer, period. If you don't currently have one, I would strongly encourage you to make that one of your goals for 2024 is to have a a daily set-aside time for prayer. Prayer is meant to be a a very major aspect of every Christian's life because God wants us to have intimacy with him and God designed us to rely on his power and not our own. And that's why prayer is supposed to be a major part of every Christian's life. Now some people, and especially if you've never had a daily set-aside time for prayer, Some people might not feel like they have enough time to fill even 15 minutes in the day with prayer. And if if you feel like that, I would remind you that one of the main things we are to pray for is the expansion of God's kingdom. Jesus, in teaching us how to pray, for the very first thing he taught said, Father, your will be done, your kingdom come. That's the first thing we should pray for. But it's not necessarily about using that sentence. It's the concept of praying for God's will to be done and praying for God's kingdom to come. And if if praying for God's will to be done and his kingdom to come in practical ways is the major focus of your prayer life, you'll have things to pray for every single day, period. If you don't have enough things to pray for, I would say you're almost certainly not making God's will being done in the earth, the focus of your prayer life. So every Christian should have a daily set-aside time for prayer. The second thing I would suggest you do is try to attend a weekly prayer meeting. There is special power in praying and worshiping with other Christians. Let's look at Matthew 18, verses 19 through 20. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. 
So Jesus says quite clearly, Jesus promises special power and special benefit, if you will, to praying and worshiping with other Christians. We should have a balance with this. We should have prayer and worship by ourselves and with other Christians, but we, we can't afford to neglect praying and worshiping with other Christians. And because there's special power to it, special benefit in it, uh, you can encounter God's presence in a special way, I think it's worth making a weekly thing. I would encourage anyone to try to attend a prayer and worship meeting on a weekly basis. And I also happen to have one at my house every Thursday night that any of you are welcome to attend. Amen. Another thing I would uh, encourage us to do of like how we can actually do well in prayer and fasting, I would encourage you to have a weekly fast, fasting once a week. I think that in general, most Christians should get to the point where they have a day fast on a weekly basis. I wouldn't necessarily say that all Christians would, because some might have certain circumstances with their health where they shouldn't be completely fasting from food uh, for any amount of time. But in general, I think most Christians should get to the point where they are fasting at least once a week. Let's look at Matthew 16, no, Matthew 6, verse 16. Jesus said, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. Notice Jesus said, when you fast. He didn't say, if you fast. It's an assumption in the New Testament that Christians are going to fast. And moreover, just because of the practical benefits of it, just because it leads to being more filled with the Spirit and it increases the effectiveness of your prayer life and it makes you more sensitive to God's presence and God's voice, that right there is reason enough to do it once a week. That right there is reason enough to do it once a week. I also want to add, make sure you spend uh, time in prayer when you fast Ideally, make sure you spend extra time in prayer, as in more time in prayer than you otherwise would have. A fast without spending time with God is just an intense diet. And I might need an intense diet, but that's not the point. <laughs> I don't care about that. I need God's presence more than I need the intense diet. But one thing that's kind of convenient about trying to spend extra time with God when you fast, eating takes time, especially obtaining food. Even if you go to McDonald's, typically driving there, going through the drive-thru and getting back is going to take you 15 minutes, and then eating it's going to take you 15 minutes. Just cutting out one meal gives you an extra half an hour in your day for the most of it. So if you're going to fast, you will have extra time, and I would encourage you to use that extra time in prayer. And I would encourage you to, to think about uh, fasting weekly, if you don't already, as one of your goals for 2024. The last thing I would suggest in how we can do well in prayer and fasting is to set goals for fasting for the year. In the main thing I would encourage you to consider setting as a goal is to raise 
to aim to raise your capacity to fast. Everyone has a certain capacity to fast because you shouldn't just jump into doing a long fast if you haven't fasted much before. It's not safe. Like you could hurt yourself physically. And when I say long, I don't mean like 10 hours is such a long time without food. <laughs> I mean like 10 days. <laughs> 10 days, if you've never gone a day without food, is a very long time to be going without food. Uh, and I wouldn't recommend jumping in that quickly. Fasting is something you increase your capacity to do over time by doing it. And it's, it's worth it to increase your capacity to fast. because So we talked about one of the main benefits of fasting is an increased um, perception, an increased ability to perceive God's presence and to hear his voice. But the longer you fast, the stronger you'll experience the benefit of increased sensitivity to God's presence and his voice. Like, that's just a recorded common experience that many Christians have. The longer you fast for a given fast, the stronger that increased sensitivity is going to get. And that right there is a big reason to want to raise your capacity to fast. So as you set goals for 2024, I would really recommend considering making one of your goals to do a longer fast than you've done before. That's going to be one of my goals. I've never fasted more than three days, so sometime in 2024, I'll probably aim to do five days. And I only say that to say, go incrementally. Don't jump off the deep end. I really would encourage you to aim to raise your capacity to fast in 2024, but it should be done incrementally. I would, I would encourage you to consider doing at least one fast this year that's a little bit longer than you've ever done before. So those are four things that I think should be priorities for us as a church for where we are now in 2024. Walking in the gifts of the Spirit, outreach and evangelism, hearing God's voice better or more clearly and more regularly, and prayer and fasting. These are things we could afford to do better in, and they should be a priority to us. So let's close in prayer, and then we'll have our communion meditation. Dear Lord, we thank you for your grace. We thank you that you always give us grace. You always give us favor and mercy, and you're always here to give us empowerment. Uh, we pray that you would bless this year, Lord. We thank you for all that you did for us in 2023. 2023 was a great year, and you've been drawing us closer to yourself. We pray that you would continue to draw us closer to yourself. We pray that you would give us hope and motivation. We pray that we would get to know you deeper than we've ever known you before in 2024. We pray that we would get to know you more than we expected to ever know you. We pray that you would surprise us with your grace and with your love, Lord. We pray that you would draw us into deep intimacy with you and to a place of uh, true power in your presence, Lord. We pray that you'd mightily fill us with your spirit and that you would really bless us as a church in 2024. We thank you for your grace and amen. amen. Today's communion meditation is called Jesus, the King on the Throne of Grace. Let's look at Hebrews 4, verses 14 through 16. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, 
but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So we saw last week how in the Bible, grace doesn't only mean favor, it also means divine empowerment. And we kind of see that at the end of this verse, how he says, find grace to help. Grace helps because grace is empowerment. And Jesus is the king of grace. He sits on the throne of grace and he has divine empowerment to give us. In 2024, there's going to be a lot to do, a lot to grow in, a lot of goals to pursue, and it's going to be difficult. But Jesus sits on the throne of divine empowerment to give divine empowerment to his people when we humbly seek him for in prayer. So let's focus on that as we start this year. Let's focus on his empowerment and let's expectantly look forward to all he's going to do for us and through us in 2024. Let's praise him as we come to the table.